Welcome everyone, we're about to begin Be'ez Hashem, um, BPJ number 14, that's Pius Panimi, Shir number 14, joint for both the men and the women. We're going to continue the conversation from the last year about what sex shouldn't be, and based on that to understand what it should be, uh, to give a healthy perspective on it. And uh, we're going to continue that conversation today. And another thing, what it really shouldn't be is it should not be boring. Now, when I say this, it's very important to know that on the other side of that, that there needs to be a realistic expectation. We spoke about this a lot in the main shiurim, in the Shalom Bayez shiurim, that very often, especially with young couples or people who watch a lot of movies and, and or see from culture certain things, that they have an extremely unrealistic expectation about what the sexual experience is to be so that when real-life connection sexually happens, they get disillusioned or disappointed and, and, and uh, because they were in a fantasy land. So that is true. You can't have crazy, unrealistic expectations. But it still does not have to be boring. It could be very, very exciting and very, very interesting and very much a um, a constant renewal of an enthusiasm there even within the realistic realm now it's it's understandable and all married couples fall into it we fall into a rut even if it's uh, you know Baruch Hashem the normal intimacy is taking place but it falls into a certain routine and a complacency about it almost on autopilot. And um, and again, it's very important in these uh, situations that on one hand, a couple can't have unrealistic expectations about things. It won't always be the same. When one is tired, both are tired, it won't be as exciting as when you're both rested. That makes common sense. That makes sense. It's normal. But at the same time, it's very important, just like in all areas of life, that's important to be mechadish oneself in these areas as well. And when you do this, it could be very special, it could be very beautiful. Communication enhances this greatly to make it enjoyable. What do you enjoy about it? What can we do to, um, to make this more interesting and more, um, more enthusiastic about this area in life. And that is a healthy thing. You know, people go overboard sometimes and make uh, sex as a main goal, and and that's unhealthy. We've talked about it. But to be mechadish and try to put that spark in there and to make it interesting, and and like any other area in life, in Avedis Hashem, this is Avedis Hashem. Just like when it comes Shabbos to Shabbos, even though we experience Shabbos every seven day, seven days, and sometimes we feel, oh, it's the same Shabbos again. But nevertheless, we try our best every Shabbos to feel a certain new specialness every single Shabbos. And if you lived a long time, even Yom and Taivan sometimes can be roped because you already had many, many years of it. But you still try to be Mechadish. Same thing over here with this area. It's a part of Avaidus Hashem. It's part of the healthy aspects of marriage. That on one side, not to have crazy, unrealistic expectations coming from wrong places, but on the other side, within reason, within the realistic expectations, to nevertheless 
work on it, not to be, bo- not to allow it to be boring, not to allow it to be complacent or stam autopilot or routine, and put in that hischatches on both sides to make it a uh, very um, pleasurable and happy experience. Also, it's important not to be one-sided. This is very important. Many, unfortunately, uh, and it's very not comfortable even saying this, you know, we talk about the unhealthiness of masturbation. Besides what's usher by men, especially women, we're not going to get into it right now. That's not the discussion for now. But basically, masturbation is the concept of one's self-pleasuring without the other person, uh, as a as a form of escape, or also as a form of being self absorbed in their own needs, without taking you know without any you know the giving that comes from a mutual relationship between a husband and wife in this way. But what people don't realize is that just like there is masturbation when someone tries to indulge privately alone, they sometimes if they're not careful. They use their wife, even though they're technically doing the normal sexual act, they're really masturbating on their wife or wife on her husband, which really, really is a negative thing because it trains your mind that the sexual experience is a solo experience. You may technically be with your wife or be with your husband, but if your whole sole purpose is your own self-pleasure without the giving and interacting emotionally and physically to want to make the other person feel good then you're technically masturbating even though it looks like you're not you know in in the technical um definition you're not masturbating masturbating is when you self-indulge privately on your own here you're doing it with your husband or wife but in reality if you're only one-sided, selfish, and self-centered, not really thinking much about your husband and wife and only using them for your own um, pleasure, then indeed you're really basically not having a relationship with your wife. You're masturbating on your wife. And it could go the other way around too. So that's very, very important to understand that, that when you have a a uh, 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 connection, physical, intimate connection. There needs to be. It has to be a real connection between the two of you, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And a big part of it is wanting to fulfill the other person's needs, help them fulfill their needs, what they need. If that's missing, you're missing the whole purpose, because the main purpose of the sexual experience in a married in a marriage is to connect. The another thing is about sex and married life. It cannot be guilt-driven. Very often it's guilt-driven. In other words, you don't... It, the manipulations of it have to be the furthest away from the mind. You don't go, have the relationship physically because you're worried your spouse will be mad at you if you don't. Or, you know, reward and punishment type of, type of, type of mentality. It, it cannot come out of those type of feelings. It needs to be as much as possible an open, honest communication of wanting to be with one another and not to feel that you're burdened by a guilt by the fact that you have to, you know, you, that it's a burdensome thing that you have to do. No negativity of any shame that's unhealthy. It's not a transactional thing, basically.
And not like, if you do this, I'll do this for you. If you do that, I'll do that for you. It's very, very important to avoid that. And not to be self-focused, sort of what we said before. Uh, basically, not to focus primarily on yourself, but focus on your spouse, on your husband or wife, what they like, and ask questions about it. Talk to your spouse, what they need, what they want, and what they would enjoy, and what times they would enjoy, it, and so on and so forth. Another thing is that it should not be duty-driven. shouldn't be as a chiv. Now, the truth is it is a chiv, right? It's part of the ksuba, aina, and, and from both sides, you see from Chazal, we talked about it at length in those um, uh, shiurim where we talked about the letters of the stipler and the letters of the Chazaynish and Revayi Zikshar Svarim, that in different ways, it's sort of different between a husband and wife sexually, their obligations to one another. Chivayin is on the husband, not on the wife. On the other hand, the wife does have certain chiyuvim to the husband. We're not going to get into that conversation now. But the bottom line is, is that even though technically it is a chayv, it's a chayvus, it's a responsibility in a marriage that one needs to provide to the other mutually, one to the other. But when you're, but the idea though is though, is that in a normal marriage, it cannot, that cannot be the mindset that's in front of the mind that it is a duty, that it's a chayvus. It needs to come with a miratzain hatayv. Not to be the point like, you know, you have in the Rambam certain things where like you force them until they say they want it and you can even touch that they really, really want it. It shouldn't be, have to be like that. You have to get to a point where you don't feel that I'm doing this because I am mechuyiv to do it and you're doing it because you're mechuyiv to do it but more because we both want to do this. We want to do this we want to ignite that interest. We want to ignite that passion. We won't. We we both want to enjoy this together and do it because of a chen and a chesed and a chiba. And that applies, by the way, with mitzvahs overall. Mitzvahs overall, it's so important because you a person a yid is mechuyev to keep Shabbos, not to do the ismalachas and to be mechabed Shabbos. So it is a chiv. But that, and all mitzvahs are chiyuvim, but again, we also learn that these mitzvahs that are, we are mechuyiv, we don't go into these mitzvahs like dragging and kicking and screaming. Hashem wants us to do these mitzvahs with a simcha, with a rotzen taiv. Same thing over here. Whatever issues there are in marriage between a husband and wife, and there are bumps in the road, they can work out, iron out between each other. But the goal is to get to a state where both of you, both husband and wife, want to give to one another. Outside the bedroom, of course, too, but sexually as well. Not because it's a chiv, even though it is. Not because that without this there's a problem, but because it's something that is something that you want to completely do to enhance the marriage and to give to your husband, to give to your wife. Another thing that sex cannot be is non-existent. And it cannot even be infrequent. Because when it is non-existent, and even if it's infrequent, it causes a tremendous drifting between a husband and a wife. And now, of course, we talked about this many, many times. It, it's, it, it's, it's important to value the person as a person. And sex is not everything in marriage. 
superficial to believe it is. But it cannot be underemphasized either. It is very, very important. It's part of every healthy person having a healthy marriage, and that is what it is. We talked in different shurim about when there's physical challenges, but we're talking right now for people that are in relatively good health and it's shayach, then it's a healthy thing. It's part of the marriage. It needs to be there, and it needs to be frequent. How frequent? You work it out between yourselves. But it has to be in a way where you both have that, uh, that you're both happy with what it is, and you try to have a certain that it can't be less than this minimum, and you both agree upon that, and to try to go even beyond it. Because there'll be many, many reasons why they'll be drifting apart with these areas, and it's very, very important, because when priorities happen and you have so many other things that you have to deal with in life, parnasa issues, family issues, running to simchas, or running Nebuch to take care of an ill relative, or even an ill parent, or, or things happen, and people don't feel well after a while, and then there's stress and tension, and there's so many things that could pull a couple away from focusing on this. And it seems like I'm so selfish to even be thinking about these things now. How could I think about having a physical sexual relationship with ple- uh, pleasure and all that when all this is going on? But it is not selfish. It is part of the marriage. It is a glue that is needed. We talked about this many times before, how the physical sexual relationship is like glue. When you have two pieces of a, of a keli, and you have to connect it, you have to connect it with glue. Now, if you put too much glue on, right, it'll connect, but it'll look very ugly. So people who hyper-focus on the sexual realm, like many in the secular media do, where some young couples fall into that, or even not so young couples fall into that when they're obsessed with it, that's very unhealthy. That's when the glue is overused and it looks ugly. And a marriage could get ugly if there's a hyper-focus on the sexual part of it. But at the same time, if there's not enough, it won't stick. It'll fall apart. So you need to have that proper healthy balance. And you need siyata deshmaya for it. And you ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu for siyata deshmaya for it. This very line that I just said, asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu siyata deshmaya to help you with a sexual relationship between your, you know, with your wife or your husband, that is a, such a strange concept when brought to certain people where they can't, you know, it, they sort of, there's a disconnect. You know, I, I daven for the health of my kids and the health of my thing. I daven for Ruchnius. I daven that I should be Er Luchid and Yerei Shemayim. I daven that I should keep Shabbos properly. I daven that I should, when it comes Pesach, to get ready on time and not Khalil to be Nichshul in the Isser Chometz. I daven that I should have Parnosa Berevach. I daven that Hashem should protect us from all harm. There's so many billions of things to daven for and ask the Rabbi Nishlanel for. So what am I going to ask about this sexual uh, relationship? What, what is this? It sounds foreign. But it's no less. It's no less. Hashem put this here as an important vital part of marriage. And it is a key. And it's no less important than any other chilik in Chayim. That is really the issue that people have with sexuality one way or the other. Most of the world, in the, in the secular world, hyper-focusing on it in a crazy way. Where it's very, very destructive. And others 
run away from it and squash it and become emotionally suppressed from it, which is just as dangerous and in a certain sense even more damaging to a marriage when it, when it becomes like that. So you ask a Kaddish Baruch of the Shmaya on this like you ask him with for everything else. It is no different. Or to put it plainly, sex is not everything. It shouldn't be everything. But it is a very, very important part of marriage and it, and it needs to be part of the structure and the fabric of marriage and to infuse as much simcha and goodwill and connection and communication and have as much as possible in this realm just like every other realm in the marriage. Uh, now, sometimes this takes a lot of planning. You know, when a couple is alone, they happen to either the kids are away or they don't have children yet or whatever it is, then it's easy to connect this way. But when Kanainahar, you have all these achrayas and, and with, let's say, very young kids, then it takes some mental preparation and commitment. When are we both going to have enough rest to do this, at least, you know, or, or have the time? And you create that window of time and you try to work through those schedules and to make it important that way. And it sounds as unromantic as it sounds to schedule it, to place it on schedule, and then work your way around to get it to that point. Because if you don't schedule it, very often it's not going to happen, and sometimes for a very long time. It needs to be an intellectual commitment also, even when it's not felt. And even when this stress level is, is, is you know, very high, where neither are really interested it's still a healthy point. You know, it could be, by the way, because, you know, they have, marriage counselors have talked about this a lot. You have overall healthy marriages where they're, they get into a stressful period and then they don't have it and they're not upset at each other. They were both very stressed and everything it is, you know, and it's not a matter that they're upset at each other or one's ignoring each other. They both know we, we went through a very uh, hectic time, whatever it is, Okay, and it happens in marriage. It's a normal thing. But nevertheless, it, it can't be emphasized enough. At some point, a couple has to catch themselves and say, okay, you know, it's understandable. And neither of us are, we're not upset about it, that, when, that it's not happening that much or it's not happening at all because we're both under a lot of stress and we have a lot to do and we're busy and whatever it is. Nevertheless, it's still not healthy. It's still important at some point to catch yourselves and say, you know something, it, right now we're okay and our relationship's good and, and it's moving, and but we, this is an ingredient that has to be there and they need to recommit to that to make sure that that part of the marriage is there and is there to a point where it really is uh, not infrequent and kaseder kol echad, every couple's different, you know, you know, but you work it out between yourselves. The key to remember, though, as we're winding down on this share, is to understand this concept that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live a balanced life with all aspects of life as a human being. So although the shiurim here, we're focusing on this aspect because this is what the shiur is about. We realize, though, that this um, is one aspect of the whole totality of a marriage and a whole totality of life. So always the other side also needs to be emphasized where a marriage has to be based on a true love, respect, loyalty, friendship, ehrlichkeit, trust, and all of these factors 
But, and again, when this chilek of it, though, this physical connection is extremely important, here is where the Shechina resides. And here is where it is the greatest opportunity to do chasadim for one another in the deepest way. So even though this is something that is extremely private, only meant between a husband and wife and no one else, and, and that's why private is private, but it is extremely, extremely important. This is why in the Beis HaMikdash you had the Kruven that embraced each other. It's brought down, I mentioned this once, it's a Chazal, uh, Titus, when he went into the Beis HaMikdash, the second Beis HaMikdash, he, uh, he tore down the Pareiches, he took a Zaina and did an, a, 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 a sin with her in the Kodesh HaKadoshim there. And the Chazal say this, and if you look at it, it's, it's like he was just a wild, crazy Russia, and that's what he did. But the Mepharshim, many of them explained that he, he, he was calculated. It was calculated because he was making chayzik, he was making fun. Because when he saw it, it's brought down, a very interesting thing about the Keruvim, that when the Yidin weren't doing Hashem's will, when it was close to the Churban time, they turned away from each other. They turned away from each other. But when the Churban actually was happening, they embraced each other. As a Ishva Isha, they embraced each other. And um, the Bnei Yisascha brings down that from here you have a, that's the story that before you go out on, on the road, you're supposed to be intimate with your wife before he goes out to travel. Same thing over here. Klal Yisrael, it was the time of the Churban, they were going to be exiled, they were Yoytzei Laderech. So Chayev Lifkait. So therefore Hashem, ironically, it was a Churban, but Hashem made it that the union of the Kruvim came together to connect. And 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 Derech. Now I'm not clear on this Chazal because it's a second second um, bias, uh, and whether they had the Kruvim there or not. So I don't know how it fits exactly. But basically, according to at least this interpretation of it, that there was some form of Kruvim there, and Titus saw this and he was making fun of the whole thing. How could this be part of your your uh, your your you know? You see what goes on over here. In the Kaidish Akadashim. You know, you know better than anyone else. Because they have a whole misunderstanding and a whole warped view of what the physical union of a husband and wife is supposed to be. And that's why in the world these days, in our dar, it's so misused and it's warped. And if you get your hasagas from the streets or from Hollywood, it creates a tremendous warped view on what sexuality is supposed to be. But at the same time, if you go extremely to the other thing and throw the whole thing out, the baby with the bathwater, then you'll lose out on what it's really meant to be. And it's a key, it's a Pesach, to create tremendous shalom and ahava and achva, and it cannot be underemphasized. And may HaKadosh Baruch will help that all, all, Yiddish or Jewish couples should have shalom in all their aspects of life, sai physically, sai spiritually, sai emotionally. And this brings the Geula. We said this many, many times, that if there is shalom in every individual home, then, then, then Mashiach would come already. It starts from the home. It starts from the private life. 
it doesn't start from a klal thing. It starts from each yachid building their own base amigdash, building their own base amigdash privately in their heart, brick by brick, by working on their midas, and then as a husband and wife together, building their shalom bias together. The biggest bracha you could give to your children is the shalom that you have between one another. That is the biggest blessing you could give them. And may HaKadosh Baruch help that we should give this blessing to them and that the Yeshua should come, Hashem should see that that there is more shalom and have an achve in the homes of Kal Yisrael. And because of this chus, may Hashem shower many brachis on all of the homes of Kal Yisrael. And should be zaycha b'ez Hashem to the go'ula b'mheir v'yameinu. Amen.